It's never been easy for warfighters to reacclimate into civilian life when they come home. But today, when they represent such a tiny portion of our population, 1% serve in the military, but only 1 in 100,000 experience combat. Veterans' challenges are greatly compounded by living in a stigmatizing society largely ignorant of the psychological burdens they bring home. The clip you're about to hear is Morning Joe's Willie Geist describing a truly, truly remarkable film and one of my all-time favorites now, Bastards Road. Have a listen. As we look ahead to Memorial Day, we want to highlight an incredible journey of courage and hope. This is Jonathan Hancock, a combat veteran. In 2004, he fought in the Battle of Ramadi with the 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines, known as the Magnificent Bastards. They suffered one of the highest casualty rates in the Iraq War. One in four were wounded or killed. Like so many veterans, Hancock struggled when he returned home from the war, suffering from PTSD. To confront that trauma, he walked nearly 6,000 miles across the country from his home in Maryland to Camp Pendleton in San Diego. He stopped along the way to visit Gold Star families and documented his journey in a new film called Bastard's Road. Bastard's Road is an award-winning documentary directed by Brian Morrison and written by my good friend Mark Stafford. Aaron Kenway is executive producer. Watch it now on demand, available on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and Fandango Now. Now on to today's episode. This is the Resilience Podcast 315. I'm Cecil Ledesma, recording live from Austin, Texas. It is so beautiful here. It's Monday, April 25th. Like the Navy SEALs with their drowned proofing test, the Special Forces have their approach to selection and the specific tests they put candidates through to see if they have the temperament to work in the most stressful of all work environments, war. One selection exercise that has been used over time with a great deal of success is a test that requires participants to tread water in a pool about 15 feet deep. There are quite a few soldiers in the water at one time. The instructions are given to the entire group once and no questions are allowed. Once a whistle is blown, the candidates must swim to the bottom of the pool, touch the floor and swim back up. There are several underwater observers in scuba gear to confirm that everyone touches the bottom and to ensure that no one drowns. Once all the candidates made it to the top of the water, the whistle was blown again, requiring them to go back down after only a quick couple of breaths. Within the first few minutes, candidates would begin to swim to the side of the pool declaring they either had failed to touch the bottom or could not keep up with the pace of the exercise. They basically disqualified themselves. Interestingly enough, there were no instructions given regarding what candidates should do if they failed to touch the bottom 
or could not go down when the whistle was blown. The candidates just assumed that if they could not complete the task as described, they were automatically out. Within five minutes, almost all of the candidates would swim to the edge of the pool with looks of frustration and defeat on their face. The only way one could fail the task was to give up. The military designs it so that no one can complete the task, but they don't care that they can't complete it. They need men who don't give up when faced with an impossible, impossible task. The few that never gave up, never swam over to the side of the pool in defeat, and never thought they had failed, were the ones who would ultimately be chosen to be members of this elite group of men in the special forces. All well and good, but the torment tour is only just beginning. Behind the scenes we go. You start to question things, things you've never questioned before. You begin to question your preparation, your ability, your strength. You compound your problems by focusing on before rather than now. And before you know it, you're replaying events that take you back in the pool and how you mentally took yourself out of the race even though you were still running in it. You're pulling yourself in opposite directions. It's a battle few people ever win. You know you have what it takes, right? You, they chose you because they know you have potential, right? You stack your doubts brick by brick, sealing yourself in a tomb of self-pity. And then it spirals. Self-pity begets disgust. Disgust brings on more doubt. Doubt inevitably equals failure. You ring the bell. You voluntarily withdraw. You self-select out. They segregate you from the group, give you special instructions, and tell you to sit. You might be left alone. If you are alone, I guarantee you, you will cry. You'll cry once you realize the pain you felt was a phantom of your fucked up mind. Your body is fine, you're, you're sore, but nothing is broken or bruised. You'll cry when you realize you turned your back on the only person who ever really had your back. You. So back to us. Let me ask you. Why do some quit while others continue? Why do some assume they've failed when no one told them they had failed? Why do some refuse to believe they have failed when others insist they are a failure? You'll ask yourself how you got so mentally weak. Admitting the problem is the first step to recovery. Good. Identify your problem, rebuild your strength, Hone your killer instinct and head back into the arena. Get out of your head. Keep going forward. Keep climbing. There are more things for you to do. The message is clear. The only way you can fail is to give up. As long as you're trying, 
treading water, gasping for air, you're succeeding. The takeaway from this test is simple. To fight is to win, to quit is to fail. This is what I want for you. You still have time to make today your masterpiece. Let's get to work. And that's it from the Resilience Podcast. I'll see you real soon. Hey, I'll see you next time, and thank you so much for tuning in. That about wraps it up. But before you jump off, two quick things, actually uh, three. One, I've always wanted to author the conversation on resilience and mental health because as a very proud Navy father, these topics affect me personally. And as you go about your day, be sensitive and be kind always for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you probably know nothing about. Your life is a gift and it's precious to me. And thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I'm not quite sure how you landed on this podcast. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we're all in this together and that we can have a conversation is amazing. I feel very honored to be in your ears right now and that you spend a portion of your morning, noon, or night with me. And whether this is the first podcast you've listened to or you've been a loyal listener, I just want to say thank you. And last, please, I would be honored if you checked out my website at CecilLedesma.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Twitter at CecilLedesma. Peace.